Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 107 in Edmonton, second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Digitex is your all, well, these days that's not happening. Uh, your all-in-one convenient location is digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Digitex reminding you, stay safe. Bob Stauffer with you. Uh, ongoing coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic and coronavirus on the half hours with Eileen Bell and more today after 2 o'clock with 6.30 Jet Afternoons with Jaitlin Nye. We'll tell you that uh, you can reach us at any time on a River Creek Resort Casino hotline 780-496-0063 and you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Mark Spector joins us right now. Uh, Spec has been brought to you in part for the last uh, four years on this show by Horse Racing Alberta. Horse Racing Alberta is a government agency. Uh, their sponsorship of this segment is currently on hold, but we want to uh, thank them for uh, helping you uh, bring Spec aboard over the course of the last several years. Uh, obviously, uh, finances are tough at the provincial level. That goes without saying. Hello, Mark Spector. How are you doing? Well, pretty fair, Bobby. How you doing, man? Good. The Calgary Flames have been busy, Spec. In the last 50 minutes, the Calgary Flames have signed uh, two of the sort of often discussed, and I, I, I will say this, I think that we've seen over the last couple of years maybe not the same caliber of NCAA free agents have been available as in the past, but the Flames have signed two defensemen that, in fairness to Calgary, were at the top of their list. Colton Pullman, who played at North Dakota, he's the younger brother of Tucker Pullman, 
plays for the Flames, or sorry, for the Winnipeg Jets. And Connor Mackey, who I believe is the son of Dave Mackey, and he played at Minnesota uh, State Mankato. These are both one-year deals, so obviously uh, the Flames were at 45 contracts. These, these contracts don't kick in till 2021, but these would have been guys that uh, the Flames probably would have been prepared to do two-year deals on burning a year this year. Pullman and Mackey, uh, they signed just one-year deals moving forward. They're going to have a great opportunity to make Calgary in 2021 because the Flames have five unrestricted free agents at the end of the season, whenever that is. T.J. Brody, Travis Hamanick, Derek Forbert, Eric Gustafson, and Michael Stone. Stone and Hamanick are right shots. Brody, uh, Forbert, and Gustafson are left shots. So, uh, two guys out of the NCAA are going to get an opportunity here to push for jobs in Calgary's organization. So in the case of uh, Brad Treliving, and again, they're at 45 contracts, but these are contracts for next season. He wanted to get a couple guys done, and he stepped up and went and got himself to the better NCAA college free agent defenseman available. Your thoughts, Mr. Spector? Yeah, that's, uh, listen, they're free players, right? And good players, obviously. And, and you get ample opportunity to scout them because they're playing in a, you know, they're not playing in uh, Ufa or something. They're playing right down there in the NCAA. So the scouting accuracy on those players is generally very high. And they don't cost you too much money. In one-year terms, I, I would applaud Brad for living for you know, not having to sign up too long on those guys. So you said two things, though, Bob, when you brought him in. At one point, you said they'll have a chance to challenge for jobs in Calgary. And the next time, you said they'll have a chance to challenge for jobs in the Flames organization. And I'm with you on the second part. Uh, <laughs> I think we've seen here that it's the very rare player that walks out of college hockey and plays in the NHL with any effective uh, you know, it has any effectiveness. I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm saying it doesn't happen very often. And, you know, as we've, I think we've all learned now, these these unicorns that are the annual crop of NCAA grads, Bob, sometimes there's a good player in there. And it seems like more and more there's a guy that looked like a good player that never quite turns into that good player. So I'm not trying to rain on the Flames parade. They got two guys. If one of them turns out, Brad Trilliving did a good job here, right? Well, I mean, I, I just I think back to all the discussion that was on Spencer Foo. And there you, go. Uh, you know, there were lots of teams, including the Oilers and Detroit. Uh, Calgary brought him into a camp. Somebody mentioned Brandon Byro to me the other day. Brandon Byro was already at an Oilers development camp. These guys are swings. That's what they are at this stage. They're swings. Uh, yeah. I mean, Drake Kajula. Uh, the consensus was one of the better NCAA free agents to come out in the last five years. And I'd yeah. say he has proven that he can be a bottom six NHL player. That's what he is, but, yeah. That's okay. But he's not a... He, I mean, at the end of the day, there's a big difference between Alex Turcott being drafted fifth overall by the LA Kings and playing at Wisconsin as an 18-year-old competing against 19- to 23-year-olds in the NCAA. Yeah. And a guy coming out in Connor Mackey that's 23 years of age uh, you know, it's it's a it's a whole different world in that situation. So, in Edmonton's case, uh, I mean, Mackey and Pullman, those guys are left shot D, and they might end up. They'll have a chance to compete for jobs for both the Flames and uh, and in Stockton. But in Edmonton's case, you're sitting there, and we're not even sure Philip Broberg spec is is going to be in the American Hockey League next year. I mean, we might be watching Philip Broberg. Let's rephrase that. Hopefully. If he's not playing, either way, if he's playing in the AHL or in Sweden, hopefully we're watching him during the World Junior Championship in Edmonton 
because everything's back up and running and normal next December and January. But the Oilers, you know, uh, you got to figure Lagason is probably going to still be with the organization. You'd have to clear uh, next year, but he would be a left shot guy. They'd still have Sam Arukov down in the minors, who a lot of people really like as a left shot guy. And do they bring one or both of Marcus Niemelainen and Philip Berglund over? Berglund's a right shot, Niemelainen's a left shot. I, I think there's a pretty good chance they'd, they'd have uh, Niemelainen here. So those how are three guys he, right there off the top of my head. That would be down in the minors. Spec. How old is Niemelainen, Bob? I think next year he'd be 22. So he'd be younger right. than both of these guys. Right. So I'm bringing over the older player. Uh, you know, having spent now some time around... Uh, Ken Holland, I think that you know, if the player said, I'm dying to get out of Sweden and get over and play and I'll go to the AHL and play and that's what I want, I think that the Oilers would have him in Bakersfield in a heartbeat. But conversely, if the player says, you know, I, I'm just working my way here, I'm getting solid ice time, I'm on the power play here in Sheleftia, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm now becoming a bit of a veteran here, uh, I want to do another year here, I, I almost guarantee you, Bob, that the Oilers will have no problem uh, with Philip Broberg in his last season, uh, his what, his 19-year-old season, right? Yeah. Playing in playing in Sheleftia for another year. Uh, I don't think that, uh, you know, judging by the... Uh, one thing we all know in the hockey world, Bob, Sweden knows what to do with a young, talented defenseman. The Swedish Hockey League has proven an excellent place for a young defenseman to learn his craft. So I certainly have no problem as a... You know, observer with if Philip Broberg does another year over there, it wouldn't hurt. You know, that's fine. Yeah, and a guy like Nimalainen is older. He's got to come over here. He's a little bit older, Bob. Nimalainen is twenty. Will be will be twenty two this spring. Philip Berglund would be twenty three. So there you go. Uh, Those guys got to get. And again, I mean, those guys got to start playing. We don't want to get here. We've been we've been on hold here, Mark, not knowing. Okay, what's going to happen here? You know, and again, all all week, every guest we've had on Oilers now, you, you put your you were twenty five seventy five in terms of whether or not we'd have an NHL playoffs. Obviously, the NHL is completely in this situation. Um, you know, on on standby until government officials decide otherwise. We get that, but at some point, the business has to get back up and running. And the only question is, does that happen with the NHL playoffs? Or with a uh, you know complete shutdown of the year until the fall of 2020. Yeah, well, listen, it's it's. Easy. I've heard a lot, talked to a lot of hockey people in the last few days, and and I have heard uh, that statement. Hey, eventually we got to get this thing up and running. There's too much revenue getting lost here, and I get it. Like that's all business people. You know that's what's ingrained in business people is is we got a business that's sitting here dormant and we got to get this thing rolling. Well, I'm here to tell you that it won't be hockey people to make the decisions, right? No, nope. it's got nothing to do with hockey people. So, you know, I'm a hockey person. You're a hockey person. We talk with hockey people, and they can want to make all the revenue they want, and they can be sad about all the revenue they're losing for as long as they feel like. But I'm here to tell you, Bobby, it will not be a hockey person who decides when the NHL is able to fire up again. So, you know, unless we're interviewing Dina Hinshaw on this 
we're probably barking up the wrong tree, pal. <laughs> no, and uh, and Dina Hinshaw uh, has been doing updates uh, every most days yeah. at three thirty, and Jalen and I in the six thirty chat afternoons will have that for you coming up. It's one sixteen at Edmonton. Spec, I want to switch focus a bit. Brian Burke was on the show yesterday. Um, and Brian is at less than twenty-five seventy-five for the record. Right. Okay, in terms of his, and but one of the things he talked about was compliance buyouts because obviously whether or not we're at eighty or eighty-five percent of the season being completed in terms of the cap, or you know uh, projections that come from HRR. Let's say last year was a five billion dollar business. I think it's safe to assume we're not looking at north of a four billion dollar business this year. Huge escrow for the playoffs. And in theory, could we be exist uh, if we don't get up back and running here, spec until September? Maybe the league's going to have to investigate with the players the option of compliance buyout. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, I think let's explain first to the, all the listeners. Like it was out of the last lockout when they came forward and said, "Okay, we we can't set our salary level." Uh, we can't set a cap level for next year based on last year's revenues because there was a lockout. So we're guessing here. We're gonna. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Bob, I think they held. They they went back to the exact same salary cap as they had in their last competitive season, right? After the last lockout, I think they just picked that. They just took the last number and said, "We'll allow you to spend this much," but because the whole system is based on everybody getting a bit of a raise every year. Uh, that left teams in a tough spot. If you try to do the Oilers cap next year with the same number they made this year, they're in a tough spot, so is every other team. So the relief mechanism, right, was, I'll tell you what, you can take two contracts and you can buy them out and it won't be against the cap. Those are your compliance buyouts. So now that we've, correct me if I'm wrong, but now that we've established that, uh, it's a chance for the Oilers to take two bad contracts off their books you know, and not have to count it against the cap. So, you know, if, if every team would love to do it, every GM would love to do it, every owner would love to do it, and now you just look down the Oilers, you know, go over to Cap Friendly and look down the Oilers' uh, contract situation and, and pick two. Now, I would ask you yeah. this, Bob, is the Andre Secker a buyout? Can you can you retroactively do that buyout again and make it a compliance I, You know, that's buyout? a great point. I, that's a great point. Because that's one of them that you'd get rid of. Well, it's a $2.5 million cap hit next year, and then it drops, right, the next two years after that. I'm not well, sure. I, I mean, Who would you get rid of, this... right? I guess that's the question. Who are you buying out here? If you have a chance to buy out two contracts that the orders have currently, who are they? I'm not even sure what you'd consider doing it. I mean, part of me almost feels that it's, you know... It's an interesting concept. I mean, people are going to mention, and they can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Chris Russell's got a year left. He's got a very uh, cap-friendly buyout uh, because of the real dollars. I mean, you might have teams trade for that contract if if, uh, they could get another asset out of that. I don't know. Others might sit there and look at James Neal. Others, uh, and then you have organizations like Toronto that have been playing above uh, the cap through LTIR. Do they take on contracts in that situation? And all like all bets are off at this stage because anything can happen. Because that is how adverse the economy of the world, and then in relation, the economy of the NHL could theoretically have changed. Mark. So, I mean, part of me is sitting here thinking, hey, let's just get through this season first. You know what I'm saying? But you can't 
not think about the potential impetus of how changes could occur in the future uh, without factoring in the inevitable short term, right? So it's really an interesting time. It's, well, it's kind of an interesting it, conversation. It is. Like, and, and let's talk about, you know, okay, James Neal, listen, let's really, he scored 19 goals, and, and I'm here to tell you, I mean, you know, Ken Holland worked wonders with that trade. Uh, James Neal is infinitely a better hockey player at this stage of the game than is Milan Lucic. Uh, he's and has been an impactful player, Mark. He's like oh, he's sure. helped the team out. He's been a yep. leader for their team. They missed him a bit. I know the analytics guys will rip him apart for, you know, he's not productive enough five on five. He's a liability. He, you know, you talk to the players on the team, they'll be the first to tell you that the juice that Neal and Mike Smith have brought, you can't yep. really quantify that. I'll give you that, but I'm going to say to you this, and, and you know, an old GM, I've used this line many times, an old GM once told me, never fall in love with a player. And at $6 million, James Neal is not a team-friendly contract, right? 19 goals, leadership, I acknowledge all those things, Bob, but it's not enough for $6 bucks. So uh, if I'm running the team, I'm buying out that contract. If I get a compliance buyout, that's just the way it is. I might try to sign him back, you know, I don't mind the player so much. But at $6 million, it's too much. I guarantee you, Milan Lucic gets bought out in Calgary, too, under the same circumstance. If you recall, in the 12-13 coming out of that lockout, you were not allowed to buy players back. Right. There was in no fact, compliance. Buyout. I'm trying to recall who the player... Oh, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay tried to trade Vincent LeCavier back to the Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs were going to buy him out and use their financial power that, and clout that the Maple Leafs have through yep. MLS... And they were supposed to get a draft pick for it, and it got vetoed because Tampa Bay was going to turn around and re-sign because he had like thirty-five million bucks. I, I forget the exact amount. So yeah, anyhow, it's all track. yeah, it's all interesting. To me, it's a, a pretty interesting debate. Spec, uh, we're going to rebroad the third-round pick, Bobby. I how does that work? I have no idea. Neil never got 20 goals, so the Oilers will say that they should keep that pick. But I suppose someone could say, well, maybe we should be prorating his goals over 20 games. <laughs> right? Or over 82 games, excuse me. Uh, and if they did that, that wouldn't work well for the Oilers. So I'll be very interested to see. Yeah, what about all the player bonuses out there? Guys that didn't get their bonus. The, the, this is all fair. This is all fair and completely up in the air. No one has any. I mean, you. I mean, I. I know I mentioned a scenario spec of an NCAA basketball sort of style Sweet 16, where four cities host four teams and they play in to get into the Final Four. And we had some people that said that's a brilliant idea, and we had others that say that's a crazy idea. I'd like to get your perspective on that just before we go. That would be a blast. Like. Uh, if it if that's how you're going to do your play-in, and if that allows you maybe to go down to a three-round playoff instead of four, what if we did it that way? Uh, I don't know. Sure, Bob. I think that would be very novel, and it would be a lot of fun. And if you could get in two games in a day, I guess my question to you is, what's the advantage of putting four teams in one city why i guess it saves us because you want your plane. product on because you want your product on tv no matter what so, so you want to do something and you guarantee your products on tv okay, i'm going to say this to you what if it turns out that you're allowed to play games in some places before you're allowed to play games in other places well that's this how is, you circumvent is, that by, that's how you by targeting that. four locations where you can play right okay and, and yeah, I, I like this yeah sure why not man 
can we pick really nice towns? Like, maybe they should do it in Banff if they aren't going to get any fans in there. We've already had some suggestions saying, Bob, this this thing hasn't taken hold up north. Why don't we just find a, uh, could you imagine Saskatoon or Yellowknife or a place like that? Well, they got a nice rink up in Anchorage. Colton Prickle played up there. There you go. Mark, oh, thanks Bobby. for your time. We'll hook up next week, okay? All right, man. Take it easy. 125 at Edmonton. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Japanese Village. When they're open, steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown, north side, Sherwood Park, and now open. And- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's Edmonton all. Don and his staff just want to wish the best to everybody out there. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chad. James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, reminding you to stay safe. Social distancing works. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. All that kind of stuff. All right. It's crazy times. No question about it. It's changed and altered everybody's life. So into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We're talking about NCAA free agent defenseman. And Herm said, Bob, what about uh, uh, Charlie McAvoy and Adam Fox? Well, those guys were drafted, Herm. Uh, McAvoy was the first-round draft choice. We're talking about guys that have played three or four years of NCAA that weren't drafted. What's the success ratio of players like that making the jump into the NHL? When we come back, uh, Jack Michaels will join us. We'll talk about the most exciting game I think we'd agree we both broadcasted this year, the Oilers Calgary uh, Tilt, which will be rebroadcast tonight uh, during Inside Sports with Reed Milken. That's after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell as she continues to cover the ongoing worldwide pandemic with COVID-19 and coronavirus. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.